Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. The Blessings of Following Jesus. In John chapter 1, verse number 43, it says, The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. That was really the theme of Jesus' life on this earth. Follow me. You find those two words a lot in Scripture, particularly in the New Testament. And thus it became our theme this year, follow me. Because the Lord expects that of all of us. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It is no light thing to follow Christ. If you want to do it seriously, if you want to do it scripturally, it can be a real challenge. Because you have forces, real forces, at work against you. You may make the decision to follow Christ and get down the road and find out that it's harder than what you thought. We've all been in situations like that. You pursue something, you think it's going to be not a big deal, and it ends up being a big deal. And such is the case with following Christ. Because there are forces arrayed against you. The world, your flesh, and Satan will do everything possible to discourage you or to disparage you. This theme came about when I was listening to an author, Oz Guinness. He writes books. He's a Christian author. He is a philosopher, a historian. He's from Scotland. Um, He loves America. He lives in America. He's quite concerned about the direction of our country as a believer And I read his books, and on YouTube, I listen to his lectures. And at the beginning of one of his lectures, he said, I've been following Christ for, I don't remember, 50 years. You know, he's probably in his 70s, maybe even early 80s. But he he made that statement, I've been following Christ. And I thought, I've been saved for a long time, been in ministry for a long time. And maybe I have, but I don't really remember ever hearing anybody say, as a Christian, I've been following Christ. You've heard me say it before. I'm just repeating what I've already said, but it's good to hear it. I've heard people say, I've been saved for 50 years. I've been born again for 50 years. But seldom, if ever, that I can recall that I've ever heard anybody say, I've been following Christ. And I think one of the reasons that might not be a common term is because of what it implies. I mean, to follow Christ implies that you are committed. You are dedicated. It is not a, pan, a, a passing fancy. It is not something that kind of is something of convenience that you do. And so we might be, even subconsciously, in not saying it, realizing we don't want to say something that isn't necessarily true. But it is important that we understand that that is exactly what Christ wants us to do. And we ought to be able to say about ourselves that we are following him. We're not just 
saved, you know, a state of being, but we're following him. We, 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 it is a part of our life. It is what we think about. It is important to us. It determines how we dress, where we go, where we don't go, the entertainment we do allow, the entertainment we don't allow, our witness, our testimony, uh, the way we behave ourselves out in public, the way we behave ourselves in in private. It is all-encompassing. But yet understanding that it can get tiring. It can be difficult. This message this morning is designed, as the Lord has led me, For Christians who have been following Christ, but now maybe you're a bit discouraged in your faith. Maybe you might even be backslidden here this morning. Now, nobody knows it because you're here, but you know it. It might be that you are here this morning, and this message is intended for those of you that may just be weary in your faith. You have been following the Lord for a long time, or maybe you would say for a long, long, long time, and maybe you're a bit weary. Or it may be, and one of my greatest concerns might be for those who have grown complacent in their faith. I mean, it's just something you do. I mean, you go to church because you've always gone to church. You read your Bible because you've always read your Bible. So if you're discouraged in your faith, if you're backslidden in your faith, if you're weary in your faith, if you're complacent in your faith, this message is designed to encourage anybody in this room that maybe to some degree, and it may vary, I'm sure it would, this message is for those of you that maybe have pulled back in some way from following Christ. If you aren't excited about the Lord, then this message is for you. If you find yourself inconsistent in your church attendance, your personal devotions, or your prayer life, this message is for you. If you find yourself complaining, murmuring, or grumbling about church and Christians and the Christian life, this message is for you. If you find yourself this morning tired and weary, unmotivated in your faith, this message is for you. If you find yourself distracted by the world, and the temptations of the world, this message is certainly for you. Look at this statement. This summarizes where we're going this morning. Those who pull back from following Jesus will find themselves in a land where they can never feel at peace, joyful, or fulfilled. That's very important. If you are a Christian, like The choir has sung, everything changed. You are no longer your old self. You are a new person in Christ. You are designed to follow. And you will only find fulfillment in following. It's like taking something and using it for what it was not intended to be used for. It's not going to work. I remember I, I shared this with our church family years ago. Most of you have not heard it. You know, when we moved up north here, we, we had never had a fireplace before. You know, down south, you don't need fireplaces. But when we moved over on Pierce Road, that house came with a fireplace. And I, I remember I was, um, we, had, we had a fire going in the fireplace there. We don't have a fireplace where we are now, but we had a fireplace there. <laughs> Y'all are going to think I'm so dumb if you don't already think that. 
This will only confirm it. For those of you that think I am, this will settle it. You know, why are we even here? Uh, I was vacuuming. Sharon doesn't do housework. I was vacuuming. (laughs) Is she laughing? Is she smiling? Of course she does. But I I was helping. I, I was vacuuming. And we had a fire going in the fireplace. And... Uh, an an ember popped out. And I instinctively, (laughs) just instinctively vacuumed it up. And I'm thinking, now that's not smart. Because it's going in there with all the other, (laughs) all the other trash. I took it outside, took the bag out, and thankfully didn't burn, didn't burn the house down. But, but the point is, if something is used for what it was not intended, it's not going to work. When you're saved, according to Jesus' command, we're to follow him. And that means be all in. Not occasionally, not when you feel like it, not when things are going good, so you're going to be at church, or because things are going bad, I'm going to be at church. But whether things are good or bad, I'm there. So those who pull back from following Jesus will find themselves in a land where they can never feel at peace, joyful, or fulfilled. A reminder of the blessings that come to those who wholeheartedly follow Christ can get you back on the right path to peace, joy, and personal fulfillment. And it's easy to happen. You can follow Christ at one time with enthusiasm and through circumstances or whatever, you can find yourself not where you used to be. And it's happened to the best of us. Shall we take one of the apostles? Peter followed Christ enthusiastically. You know, I mean, was bold in in what he claimed for Christ. But when push came to shove, he said, fellas, I'm going fishing. In other words, he was throwing in the towel. Now, if that can happen to a man who sat around the campfire with Jesus and traveled with him for three years and saw the miracles, then that can happen to you and I today in 2017, 2018, that we could have at one point been enthusiastic for the Lord, but now we find ourselves, in a sense, gone fishing. To be sure that this morning I'm going to focus on the blessings of following Jesus. To be sure there can be times where it's difficult, where it's even hard. And we acknowledge that this morning. Sometimes you follow Christ at work. Your co-workers are going to think you're as weird as can possibly be. Or young people in school can be attacked by teachers or fellow students. But... It's for those reasons that we need to really balance that out and realize, yes, it can be difficult following the Lord. You you could lose your job over it. You could lose friends over it. But then you've got to balance that out by remembering, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Think of all the blessings. Think of the blessings that come from following the Lord. Spurgeon said this, and I quote Spurgeon because he's just the best. Of, of understanding Scripture, I think, in a modern sense, and, and, and giving illustrations. On, on this very topic, he said this. Now, th- th- it's dated, of course, because he was preaching in the 1800s, but you can interpret it in, you know, modern-day language. 
He said this, and I quote, I do not believe that any Christian was created merely to keep a shop. He was created to serve God in his trading. Notwithstanding all man's sin, a man is such a noble work of God that he cannot have been intended merely to measure off yards of silk or to weigh pounds of sugar or to sweep street crossings or to put on crowns, robes, and diamonds. There is something grander that for a man to do. You are to be the means of spreading abroad in this world the savor of Christ's name. But you cannot do this unless you follow Christ. What he is saying is we all have our jobs. And he's not demeaning our responsibility to maintain an income. The Bible encourages men and women to work and to meet their needs. But he's saying that's just a part of it. Don't look, lose sight of the fact that that's all you were created for. Think about that for a second. I, I, Spurgeon's on to something here. Is that all you, is that, you know, your job? We, hopefully you have a good job. Hopefully you love your job. I, I, you know, I guess my ministry is my job. You know, I love my job. But your, your job, whatever it might be, again, he's not putting down on menial tasks. He said, but we are created for something more glorious than that. And that's serving God and following Him. And when you think about that, you go, wow. You know, that's, that's quite an honor. That, that's quite a compliment from the Lord that He could use me for that. We celebrate the birth of Christ. And you see the picture of Him in the manger. And He was born so that he might win us to him, that he might be the ultimate sacrifice. He came to pay for our sins so that we would not have to. And simply by trusting in him, we could have a home in heaven forever. But once we trust in him, the journey just begins. It's not like, okay, I trusted in Christ, now back to what I was doing. For that reason, he says, follow me. Once you are saved, your journey begins. And it's daily. In John 1, 43, we read of Philip heeding that call. The first verse we read, Jesus says to Philip, follow me. Now, let's skip ahead. Philip did just that. Philip followed. He quit what he was doing, left all that he had, and he decides, I'm going to follow Jesus. And we skip ahead from John chapter 1 to John chapter 6. And we see Philip mentioned again. We don't know a whole lot about Philip as the apostles go. But one of the places we do hear about him again after he follows Jesus is when Jesus feeds the 5,000. When Jesus uses the five loaves and the two fishes, Philip was there. He is mentioned as being there. And what Philip experienced following Jesus... Don't lose sight of the fact that you can experience it too. As we review this story of Philip there at following Jesus and experiencing this miracle of the loaves and the fishes, it can remind you that it's time to get back on board if for some reason you have 
gotten off course. Following Christ can have its rough times. And it's then that we need to remember the blessings that come when we do follow Christ. Satan, our flesh, the world would just have us believe, oh, it's just a burden. It's so heavy. It's so hard. And so Jesus puts it on this preacher's heart to remind you, wait a minute. Yes, it can be difficult at times. We don't brush that under the carpet. But understand that there are huge blessings that come. Let's read that story. Philip, Jesus, feeding the 5,000. <coughs> John chapter 6, verse number 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountains, and there he sat with his disciples. Verse number 4. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus... Um, then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him, and, saith, and he saith unto Philip. Okay, here we met Philip, chapter 1. Here we are in chapter 6. We're reintroduced to Philip. So he says to Philip, who is following him, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. <clears throat> Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Verse 10, And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and, they, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragment that remained, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets. These are the leftovers now. I love leftovers, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas. Therefore they gathered uh, them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said this of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. From this story and what Philip saw and experienced comes seven reminders of the blessings that come in following Jesus. Some of us, sadly, in our time of, on this earth, may come to the conclusion, this is too hard. There is too great of a burden to bear being a, a Christian. And I want to balance that out this morning by pointing out seven blessings that Philip experienced in this story right here, that should be a reminder to you that it is of a greater blessing to follow Jesus than to not. Let's look at them real quick, seven of them. Number one, following Jesus includes the following blessings. Number one, the blessing of following Jesus include walking with him. 
John chapter 6, verse number 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracle, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Because Because Philip followed Jesus, he is able to be with Jesus. Can you imagine... He is in the presence of God on earth. Almost too much for our minds to even comprehend. But because he followed him, he got to be with Jesus. And we need to understand, when you're with Jesus, it doesn't get any better than that. We might look at well-known people, wealthy people, whether it be athletes, actors, politicians, whatever it might be, and say it'd be so good to be their buddy, to be their friend. But the possibilities of that are zero. But the possibilities of being with Jesus for those that follow him are 100%. Don't lose sight of that fact. In Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. No, we can't walk with him physically now, but spiritually we can walk with him. He walks with us through his spirit, through his word, through our prayer, through the preaching, for the fellowship of his saints. He walks with us on a very real basis every day. Why would you ever draw back? Why would you ever let backsliding even enter your mind? you're You're just yielding to the temptations of your flesh or the world or Satan himself. So remember, one of the great blessings of following him is being with him. And there's nobody you would rather be with. Look, there are folks, there are folks in this room, when I am with them, I am enriched. I I see their, their character, I hear their testimony, and I am a better person because I have been around them. There are folks in this room. It's not limited to folks in this room. But I consider it valuable when I have the opportunity to be with them. But you can't get any better time with anybody than with Jesus. And when you're discouraged, complacent, lackadaisical, backslidden, in your mind you're cutting yourself off from him. And you're not going to reap those benefits. Number two, the blessings of following Jesus include being especially cared for by him. Verse number four. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Philip here gets to experience Jesus' personal concern for the people that are with him that are hungry. He sees those people, and here he is, God in the flesh, and nothing gets by him. I mean, you and I, we might, you know, my wife might say something. Did you notice something about so and so? No, I didn't, I didn't realize. Well, they seem to be troubled. Or did you notice his family's having problems? No, I, I missed that. I, I, I didn't know that. N- nothing gets by the Lord. I mean, he's quite capable of spinning a lot of plates. You, the old circus act, you know. He, he, he can't spin too many where they all start crashing. It's what makes him God. Nothing gets past him. Not even the physical need of those people that were there. He took note of the fact that these people are hungry. He is showing compassion for them and upon them. And we need to understand 
that he's equally concerned about you. When you are following Christ, you are with somebody who knows your needs and knows how to meet those needs. Don't dare think about backing off. Don't think about getting away from him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When you are with Jesus, he knows you better than your spouse. He knows you better than your children. He knows you better than your parents. He knows your heart inside and out. And he is the one that can satisfy. He is compassionate. He is caring. Number three, the blessings of following Jesus include personal spiritual growth. If there's one thing we need in this crazy day and age in which we're living is personal spiritual growth. The more you grow, the better you are not only able to cope, but you are then even able to influence, to be a good testimony. In verse number six, and this he said to prove him when he asked Philip the question, how are we going to feed these people? For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered and said to him, 200 penny worth of bread, a lot of money, is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Philip was tested by a question. It's very clear here that the Lord asked him, how are we going to feed these people? And it says, not because he didn't know, because he knew, but he wanted Philip to know. He wanted Philip to grow. The Lord had an interest in Philip growing. The aim of Jesus was to grow his faith. There's not much more Jesus could do for a man than to help that man grow in his faith because our faith is going to make our witness brighter. It's going to help to make us handle our problems better. So it's in our best interest. Had he not followed Jesus, he would have never gotten that question. If he had said, you know, I hear if I follow you, I might have to be a missionary to Africa and eat bugs. So, no thank you. When Jesus said, come, when Jesus said, follow me, he just followed him. And look at the blessings. I mean, Jesus taking a personal interest in him, doing for him the greatest thing that could possibly be done for him, and that is growing his faith. For us, 2 Peter says, in verse number 18 of chapter 3, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Not only is Jesus, was Jesus intent on growing, on, on growing Philip, but you and me. I, I want to believe I'm following him, and he is proving me constantly, testing me constantly, not to discourage me, but to get me to think, to reveal weaknesses in me that I know that he has the answer for. The blessings of following Jesus include his involvement in your personal spiritual growth. That's what's going to keep you out of trouble. That's what's going to keep you from making stupid emotional decisions. That's what's going to keep you from yielding to the world. Number four, the blessings of following Jesus includes ministering with other believers. So Jesus asked Philip a question, okay? Now, they're not by themselves, Jesus would get alone typically just to pray. The rest of the time, he's with people. The Lord wants you and I with people. 
Those people who say that they can worship God out in a deer stand, I don't have to be at church, are just telling you I am biblically illiterate. I don't mean that ugly. That, that is a fact. Anybody, and you've heard people, I've heard people say, I don't need church. You know, I can worship God out, out in a boat. Well, you can, but not in place of church. You know, you can be on a deer stand, worship God. You can bring your Bible on a deer stand, but that's not going to work in place of church. God wants us together. I mean, there's, there's a reason for that. So he asked uh, Philip the question, and then verse number 8, oh, here's another one. They're not alone. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? The neat thing about Philip is he's not only with Jesus, but he's with other men chosen of Jesus. Andrew and the other apostles were traveling with Philip and Jesus themselves. What a great blessing to be with people, other people that are following Jesus. To gain their support, to gain their their help. To learn from them. To learn from them when they are a blessing to you. To learn from them when they disappoint you. God, to grow you, to be patient with others. Hebrews 10, 24, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Let us consider one another. The Lord meant for us to be together as a church family. And when you're not here, the church family isn't complete. And we're here not to gossip, not to gripe, not to complain, but to provoke, to challenge To urge one another to what? To love and good works. We don't come together to cut each other down or to gossip or to complain. You got a problem with somebody? The Bible handles that. You go to that person and you deal with it. Resolved. You don't go to 15 different people to try to deal with it. You go to that one person. But God wants us together for a better reason. And that's to provoke one another to love and good works. When people are around you, they love God more. When they're around you, they see your example that no big deal for you to be here for the services. You're just going to be here. You don't even ask the question. You're, you're provoking them to love and to good works. Following Jesus means associating with other Christians. The mature Christians will grow you being around them. And the immature, which there are. People that will disappoint you. People that will say dumb things. People that aren't as faithful as they ought to be people that can be critical, then you learn from them, I need to pray for that person. Or, in another sort of way, I don't want to be that person. They are, they're not very spiritually mature. Number five, got to be quick here. The blessings of following Jesus include witnessing God work. And Jesus said, make the men to sit down. Now, Philip's there. He's watching all this. He's got a front row seat. Now, there was as much grass in the place, so the men sat down in the number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and disciples to them that were set down, and likewise to the fishes, as much as they would. Now, I don't know how Jesus did this. But there's these loaves and these fishes, and there's 5,000 people. And maybe they were in a basket, and Jesus kept reaching in the basket. You know, pulling out more, pulling out more, pulling out more, doesn't say. If I'm Philip, I'm doing this. Or there's no end. I don't, he was there. He, he sees this. You know, and you, you will see things following Christ that you will not 
find otherwise. Luke 10, 23. And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Don't turn from following Christ. You're going to miss something. You're going to miss something big. You say, well, you know, you're going to see Jesus do that today. No, but you're going to see other miracles. You're going to see people getting saved. You're going to see people being sanctified. People who used to just live hard for the world are now sitting in church. And their friends of the old days are aghast at the fact that she's in church now. He's in church. And they would say, that's got to be a miracle. And I would say, you're right. You're exactly right. Because we were following Jesus, we got to see that. Number six, the blessings of following Jesus includes practical involvement in ministry. They're not done. Jesus feeds these men. He preaches to them. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore, you know, imagine those guys were, you know, they had so much, you know, fish and bread. And finally, they said, what what do you want us to do with this? Well, okay, let's bring it up here and we'll, we'll put it in these baskets. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments. Interesting, one for each apostle who may have been doubting. With the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that were eaten. Philip was used in a very practical way. He had to carry one of those baskets with all the food. One of the things I like about ministry is the variety. Most of what I do would be preparing sermons, which I love, counseling with people, which I love, but setting up that wreath that you all marveled over the other night. I had the privilege of being involved in, in that, and I even told Brother Jamie, I said, one of the things I like about ministry is that it's, there's, there's variety. You know, I have my primary responsibilities, which come first, but to set up for the banquet, to help tear down for the banquet. You know, that's, that's the neat thing about it. I, I couldn't imagine. Now, some guys like this, some women like this, working on an assembly line, putting a widget on a gadget, you know, eight days a week. Give me a break. Now, some people, are, they, they like that. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I like the variety. But the thing is, it's all ministry. Decorating, cooking the meals, preparing the program. All of that is ministry. And you get to be a part of that when you follow Jesus. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. When you don't follow Jesus, you miss out on setting up for banquets. You miss out on cleaning up after banquets. And I'm so thankful for the folks that stayed and helped clean up. They did did a great job. That's ministry. People that are not following Christ are sitting at home probably just grumbling about something. Lastly, number seven, the blessings of following Jesus includes a front row seat experiencing the work of God. John six fourteen. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet which should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. It says, When they had seen the miracle that Jesus did. Philip, again, was blessed with the others that were there to see God work and perform this miracle. Matthew 13, 16, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, talking to us now. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and which ye hear. We are so blessed. 
So, ministry and following Christ can grow weary. The Bible even acknowledges that you can be weary and well-doing. And then Satan will come along, the world and your flesh will just take that and just plant a flag right there and, and just emphasize the weariness. Well, the Lord's fighting back this morning through this message. If you're here this morning, you're discouraged in your faith, you're backslidden, you're weary in your faith, you're complacent in your faith, remember these seven things this morning. The blessing of following Jesus include walking with him. The blessing of following Jesus include being especially cared for by him. The blessings of following Jesus include personal spiritual growth. The blessings of following Jesus includes ministering with other believers. That is a blessing for... I, I, I told Sharon that uh, Tuesday there were folks up here setting up and, and Wednesday. And I told Sharon, as far as I'm concerned as a pastor, it don't get any better than that. That's a fun, it's work. It's a long day. But that's fun. You know, mostly ladies those two days up here. But to just see them working together and working in harmony, I, that was a blessing for me. I, I feel sorry for those of you that have... <laughs> Real jobs, you know, I got a job. Those of you that have real jobs, you know, that you couldn't be here to experience that. That's not a burden. That's a blessing. The blessing of following Jesus includes witnessing God work. It includes practical involvement in ministry and a front row seat observing and experiencing the work of God. One last quote from Spurgeon. If we could do what we were created to do, If being trees of God's planting, we are to bear the fruit he meant for us to bear, we must follow Jesus Christ. We must follow him. Do what he says, and he says a lot. But if we do what he says, which is follow him, the blessings far, 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 far outweigh the challenges that come. That's been the the experience in my 40 years in ministry. There have been low places, there have been difficult places, but the valleys have been few in comparison to the fantastic mountaintop experiences of serving the Lord. This morning, are you following Christ? Are you distracted? Have you been discouraged? You're just going to miss out, and he doesn't want you to miss out. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.